have a, uh, another edition of uh, our Crease Talk series here. So today we have with us Jason LaBarbera. He is the uh, current goalie coach for the Calgary Hitmen, was also the goalie coach for the Canadian World Junior Team and a uh, member of the Top Prospects Goaltending Group here in Calgary. So thanks a lot for joining us here today. Jason, I'll let you say hi uh, to the group. Hey guys, how's it going? Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, glad to be here and uh, talk goalie shop with you guys. That's awesome. So, and Lanny, of course, is here too. Lanny's. Uh, yeah, how's it going, goalies? We're back. We're back at it. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things here about Jason's career. We're looking at a 16 year pro here um, in the NHL, most notably, probably LA and Arizona you know, some time in the American Hockey League, um, a third-round pick of, of the New York Rangers. So just a, a wealth of experience, Jason, on, on your behalf. And, and, and any time you get to pick, pick the brain of, uh, you know, a guy that's been able to achieve that high level of hockey, it's, it's pretty cool. So, so first things first, Jason, what, uh, what does uh, quarantine life look like for you here uh, <laughs> without, without hockey? It's been pretty quiet. Uh, it's actually been good for me, just in the sense of it was a busy year with um, obviously with the with the hitman and the schedule, and then the World Juniors and being gone for a whole month for that. So it's kind of been nice to be home um, with my kids who are eleven and nine. Um, you know, getting to be around them more and help them with their school and do the, those sorts of things. So in that aspect, it's been good. Obviously, we all want to be on the ice and, and at the rinks and. Um, applying our craft and getting better and working hard and and doing what we love to do so that part's been tough obviously but it also has been nice to be home yeah for sure obviously you know a lot of time um you know away at the rink when you're when you're a professional too but you're also you know full-time with the hitman so that's a lot of that's a lot of hours there as well let's let's go way 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 back and and uh how you started playing goal like what what got you into uh into this crazy position of goaltending um you know what I just I I was always fascinated by it like I think I, I I played I think I played out as a player once uh when I was like five and that was it after that I was like the only I was always the goalie like there was no there was no de like debating it that I wanted to be a goalie it was from from back then it was Tyke it's Timbits now but we had goalies back then and it was I was always the only goalie in Tyke I was the only goalie in Novice uh, Adam all the way through so I was lucky in that sense that there was no nobody else I got to play all the time I got to play quite a bit um, I see like any way we like the equipment uh, it's just such an interesting fascinating um, thing for us to look at and, and see and uh, yeah you know I was I've been lucky to I was lucky obviously to play for as long as I did and uh, even more lucky now to be able to to step onto this side of things and be able to coach yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you know, me and you played against each other back in the, in the Western Hockey League days. You were a member of the Portland Winterhawks and I was with, uh, with the Kelowna Rockets. And then, you know, you went on and, and drafted by the New York Rangers and, and uh, were into their system. What, what did you find was the toughest adjustment going from, you know, WHL goalie, you're, you're, you're playing pro almost every night back then. And, you know, you're the number one guy and all of a sudden you're into, you're into pro. What, what was the toughest thing for you to make that transition? Um, there's a few things, obviously, like, you know, you go from, like you said, playing all the time in junior to, you know, guys your age, and guys that are younger than you to 
going to play pro and now you're not playing every game and now you're playing, you know, with, with and against guys that are anywhere from 20 to, to 30, uh, 35 years old back then, uh, guys from all over the world. You're not just playing against guys from, from out West. Now you're playing against everybody from the world. Um, things like that, the grind of a, uh, of a schedule, a pro schedule on a daily basis. Um, you're, you know, you're practicing at the rink every day. Now you're living on your own, uh, learning how, like, you know, learning how to, take care of yourself, how to feed yourself properly, uh, go to bed properly um, on time, you know, those sort of things. Like you really have to grow up as a pro. Um, when you're playing junior, you're, you're out of billets and there's always someone there kind of taking care of you, there to do your laundry, there to make you food. Uh, you have to learn those things, all those life skills that, um, you know, you, you need to learn now, um, you know, in your, in your teen years are, are vitally important to help you play pro hockey. Hang on, I gotta go inside because it's starting to rain on me. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you got, uh, you're out in the west there, so you get the rain first, and then we'll. Yeah, we do. Coming, it'll start coming our way towards the, towards the easter. You're good. Keep going. <laughs> you you ready? You can still hear me. Yep. Beautiful. So, so obviously, 16 years pro, you know, um, lots of different stops along the way, lots of different uh, teammates. How about some early influences in your, in your pro career, whether it's, you know, goalies you played with or an influential goalie coach? Um, how about some that just popped into your head right off the, right off the bat? Well, my first year pro was in the Rangers organization and, um, you know, Mike Richter and Kirk McLean were the two guys that were playing for the Rangers at the time. So to go to camp and kind of be a part of that and be around those guys was super cool. I mean, especially for, for me, I was from BC. I grew up in BC. I was, I was a big Vancouver Canucks fan. And Kirk McLean was always my favorite goalie and having posted, posters of him on the wall. So when you're 20 years old and you go to training camp and you're childhood favorite goalie is there um and he takes you out for lunch uh little things like that that are that are, that are super important super cool help you kind of feel comfortable mike Richter was the same way like you know he pulled me aside and chat with me and just made me feel comfortable made me feel welcome you know it's never easy when you're 20 and you walk into a an nhl dressing room trying to sort through things and you know you got all these big names especially back then like messier and lindros and you know, Yager and Kovalev, like Brian Leach, they had, they had a lot of big names back then. And you're, you're a little, you look around the dressing room, and it's a little overwhelming. But those guys were super awesome. And like I said, made me feel comfortable, kind of made me just get to be myself instead of being overwhelmed by the situation. So those two guys. And then just coaching-wise, early on, um, the one year, the one lockout year in 04, um, Benoit Lair was in Hartford. Um, the Rangers just hired him from, from Phoenix, and then the lockout happened. So. It was myself and Steve Alquette in Hartford. And Benoit Lair was really the first time I learned how to really play, like, new age sort of goaltending. Like, you know, if, if, if you kids watch anything old school with, like, say, me and Swanee, there was a lot of pad stacks and poke checks <laughs> and jumping around and crossover diving. Like, it was old school street hockey style back then. Um, and that's how you played for the first little while as a pro until – this new sort of teaching and the new sort of technique kind of came in. And I first learned that really at 24 with Ben Moller and helped uh, change me, change my game big time. Yeah, I'm sure that that's a, that would have been a tough adjustment too. And just 
you know, you're used to playing a certain way and then all of a sudden, you know, you got to learn all these, all these new things that probably the younger guys are all doing coming up, but, but it was, uh, but it would be brand new for you. Um, so that, that's pretty interesting. And that, and I'm sure that would have been a, a tough transition. Um, you know, if you look at all the goalies that you, you had the opportunity to play with, was there, was there something that sort of tied it all together, like a commonality between them, whether either characteristic off the ice or, um, was there something that, you know, made you think, okay, this is what an NHL goalie is? I think just their attention to the details, um, their process on a daily basis, how they prepared, how they came to the rink. They didn't just show up to the rink for practice and went through the motions and, and just practiced the practice. They practiced with a purpose. They were there every day to improve and get better. Um, you know, when you turn pro or you turn and you send, or if, you know, even going to the Western Hockey League, like you're on the ice every day, it's the grind. There's going to be days where, yeah, you know what, you're not feeling your best and you're not, and, and you are tired. And to grind through those practices, because that's where we get better, right? Watching, you know, guys like, you know, Roberto Luongo or Henrik Lundqvist and stuff in practice, those guys, even on a, on a day where they, like I said, where they're not feeling great, they'll find ways to get better. Um, and that sort of mindset really resonated. And that's what, you know, really helped me be able to play as long as I did. Um, because then, you know, when, you, when your habits and practice and, and, and that are good, you, you know, you go into a game and now you get to go play and have fun. You've already put in the work. Now you get to go do the thing that you love doing the best, and that's playing hockey. So watching those guys again on a daily basis, like I said, just how they came to the rink, how they warmed up. You know, they didn't just show up and, and practice. They showed up. They got there early. They warmed up off the ice properly. They warmed up on the ice properly. Um, they took care of their bodies. They took care of themselves off the ice. They ate properly. They they cooled down after practices and games. Like they took care of themselves. They were pros. And and to be around those sorts of people, like you learn, um, if you want to stick around and you want to have a long career, those are super important lessons to learn. Lanny, do you want to do you want to jump in here? Yeah, Barb's. I heard. I read a cool thing back in the day. I'm not sure if this is still true. That you used to push, like you used to go through a pretty extensive workout before games. That was that the case. Yeah, I would. I, I wanted to be warmed up before the warm up. Like I, I didn't want to go into a into a, into a warm up, say for a game, and try and get warmed up because by the time I was warmed up for for you know in the, in the warm up for the game, the warm up was over. I wanted to feel good after the warm up, so. In order for me to be ready to go for a warm-up, I warmed up off the ice, you know, pretty hard. Like, I, I would have a pretty good sweat going, you know, and I always battled that as far as whether I was doing too much or, or if I should pull back. But it always just made me feel like once that first shot was coming at me in warm-up, I was, like, I was physically dialed in. Like, I was feeling good and ready to go. I did, Like I said, I didn't want to be, like, 10 minutes into warm-up and be, like, now I'm starting to feel what I feel good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so we got some kids coming in here with some questions for you, Barb's. Um, first, we got a compliment. One kid loves the purple pads with the LA. <laughs> the LA. That's a, I had some good colors back there. Yeah, he's yeah. a purple pad uh, fan here. Um, so we got a question from Zach. Out of the eight NHL teams that you played for, uh, which did you like to play for the most? Well, I was in Phoenix probably the longest, and we had a really good group of guys, and, and we really probably overachieved there. You know, we, we, um, we were never expected to win, 
Um, but we always had good guys that really knew their roles and, and guys that kind of bought into the group. Um, we had we had some good teams. We had some we had a lot of success there. I think just for emotionally, Vancouver for me was just in the sense, like I said earlier, I was a Canucks fan growing up and getting to go to the, the team that you watched growing up, your hometown, um, meant a lot, especially where I was in my career at that time. I was struggling in L.A., kind of unsure of where I kind of fit in in the league, um, you know, and, and getting traded to Vancouver really kind of rejuvenated me and really, you know, made me excited to get back to the rink again and, and be a part of a, you know, obviously an awesome organization in Vancouver. Well, that's awesome. Um, we got a question here. I guess we can split off on it too. It's a pretty good question. Who's the best player that you played with when you when you were in LA? So maybe let's extend that to the best player that you played with, and then what about the best player you would have faced in your career there? Bert? When I was in LA. Wow. Well, I mean, there was there was a handful of guys like like Kopitar and Dowdy were young guys when I was there. Um, you knew those guys were going to be studs, obviously. <laughs> like. Yeah. They were like Dowdy at, at 18, you know, he, he played like he was 28, you know, he had just the, the poise he had and just how he played at, at 18 was, was obviously impressive. I mean, he's one of the best defensemen of this era. Um, the same with Kopitar is the same thing. You just knew that this guy was going to be a, uh, an all-star caliber player. And, um, you know, there was a lot of guys sort of on the back end, like at the end of my career, or sorry, at the start of my career in LA, when I first got there, there was a lot of guys sort of at the back ends of their career, guys like Luke Robitaille and Jeremy Roenick, you know, yeah. Roenick's in the, in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. And I think, I think Luke is in the NHL Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. But those two guys were guys that, you know, I watched growing up as kids and as a kid. And they, you know, they were, they were sort of at the end of their careers then, but still to be around those guys is pretty cool. What about uh, your favorite brand of gear? We got a question from Bo. What's your favorite brand of gear? Maybe when you played, and then uh, maybe now, like the goalies you work with in, in Calgary or even the World Juniors. What's your favorite? Uh, let's let's go with both. Well, now I, I I like the CCM stuff personally. I just you know I I, I just I, I wore it at the end of my playing career, and and it's still obviously around. And I mean I don't know how it's how it's working now with Lafave being gone from there, but um I, I always like their gear and I like their guys wearing it um my favorite gear and, and uh Swanee had them too was the uh the old Heaton stuff oh absolutely <laughs> yeah. the, the heat and like it was awesome because back then we all had to we, we had to wear Louisville for a while and then then we got to decide what we got to pick our own gear in Heaton which you know a lot of kids now probably don't know what that is but Heaton was like a big a big selling point back then and to get a set of heating pads at least for me and junior was was a pretty cool thing yeah yeah that that, that was actually my first set of gear so i don't know i joined the <laughs> club with you guys you old farts <laughs> hey, we got a couple quick ones a few redundant ones i know we touched on this earlier barbs but just run them through how many years you played in the nhl and then uh your, your why you decided to become a goalie just for the goalies that might have missed that at the start really quick um I think 11, 11 years in the NHL and then 16 as a pro. So 16 years is, is, you know, playing the American League in the NHL and then, you know, become a goalie just like everybody, right? You know, you're intrigued by the position, the gear, um, all those sorts of things. It's, it's such a unique thing to, to, to watch and see. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just – I always gravitated towards it and it was always something I wanted to do. Yeah, that's perfect. Case 20, I'll turn it back to you. Let the questions uh, keep coming in here. 
Yeah, perfect. I think we'll we'll transition more to uh, what's going on uh, current day here with you, Barb. So your your role with the Hitman. Uh, we'll get we'll touch on that, and then we'll we'll get into some World Junior stuff because I'm sure um, you know that's a that's a staple around Christmas time in every uh, Canadian hockey household. So I'm sure the kids are very interested, as am I, um, on hearing some more about uh, more stuff on that. So so your role with the Hitman, you've you've been there for a number of years now. Um, I think what we want to look at is certainly what is a what is a day to day um, look like for you with with your goalies there. You have Jack McNaughton, who's a Calgary kid, and uh, Braden Peters, who's who's uh, a Lethbridge kid, so two Alberta kids. What does a day look like with them? Yeah, so it's it's um, similar. Right? It's it's a little different schedule wise in the sense that Braden's still you know, and you would know this like Braden's still in high school, so. You don't get as much early time before practice with him as far as, you know, doing video and all that sort of stuff, doing off ice, you know, workouts, warm-ups, ball, um, ball stuff, those sort of things. Um, you know, but once, once the guys get there, usually, you know, we usually get about 20 minutes uh, to work with the goalies. So, you know, I usually have, a, uh, you know, two or three drills sort of planned out with them. Uh, kind of go, you, you find your shooters that you want to have. Uh, shooting in, in the drills that you have. Uh, you sit down with the goalies, you kind of go over the drills, kind of explain to them why you're doing it, um, the purpose of it, what we're trying to accomplish for that day. Um, get the shooters involved in it too, because it's obviously like, you know, you guys know it's, it's super important that the shooters are um, doing doing what they're supposed to be doing to, to make the, the drill work and make the goalies better. So you do that and then, you know, there's lots of video, you know, it depends on what happens on the weekends. Um, We'll sit and watch the clips, you know, individually with each guy. Um, you know, maybe there's something you want to touch on or something that, you know, maybe that you want to work on during the week. Maybe they played Saturday and, you know, maybe they gave up a couple goals that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, power play goals or screen goals or deflection goals, little things like that that maybe, you know, maybe you, you can incorporate into your practices during the week. So you're constantly looking for, to find ways to improve and looking to, to find ways to make, make the guys better and, um, they're both awesome guys to work with. They're both uh, hardworking guys. And, um, you know, it's been nice in the sense that we've, we've had a lot of guys come through Calgary in my four years. So to have a little bit of stability, you know, this is Jack for the last two years and Braden, you know, for the first time this year. And both guys are expected to be back next year. So um, it's nice to have a little bit of continuity now. Or yeah, can you sure. touch on that a little bit, just the video stuff? Like, there's so much video access now, especially for younger kids, right? Almost everyone's got the iPad now um, during lessons, and there's the GoPros for the game review stuff. What do you think the importance of it is? Because I'm sure at the start of your career, you, there, there was almost probably no video, eh? And then you probably saw it come in to a, to a goaltending perspective, and now you're using it almost every day. As a yeah, young goalie, it's important? Yeah, there was no such thing as video back then, like <laughs> – it was way too hard for the coaches to, to VH tape, VHS tape it uh, and cut it and do all that. So it, it's a lot easier now. And sometimes it can be overkill. Sometimes, um, you know, you, I, I like to sit and just watch the chances against with our guys. Um, and a lot of times they'll let them kind of uh, run it. You know, yeah. they, need to know, they need to know what they're doing, what's, what's important to their game, um, the strengths of their game, the things that they see. You know, it's easy for for me as a coach to, to sit there and say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. But they need to know, too, themselves, I think. And I think it's important for them sometimes to just sit there and watch it and, 
and learn and, and educate themselves and, and really understand their own game. Um, Cause that's important. Um, really important to know your game. Um, what, like I said, the strengths of your game, what makes your game when you're playing your best, what are the things that make you play your best in your game? You know, technically, mentally, all those sorts of things. So you're constantly, you know, again, for us in junior, it's a long season and, and, and video can be redundant just in the sense of like, you're watching a lot of the games and you're, you're having a lot of conversations, but sometimes, like I said, it's good for those guys to kind of sit there and sometimes even as a group, we'll watch it together and just kind of let them talk. Like they, like I said, it's important for them to, to know what they're doing. That's awesome. Uh, I think, I think we're going to, we'll, we'll go into, uh, into some world junior territory here, uh, Barb. So, so let's, let's go right back to the start. Were you involved in the selection process uh, right from the beginning with the, with the goaltenders in Hockey Canada? Yeah, so Hockey Canada has a head scout, right? And so they, and they've got scouts all over and they kind of put their lists together and then you kind of work off that list. Um, so you, you know, the, the process of the World Juniors is, you know, usually starts, you know, in June with the goalie camp hang on now it's all windy in here <laughs> sorry <laughs> you uh you it starts with the goalie camp in june um usually and this year is a little bit different now with the, we have a virtual goalie camp um you know and then it goes into the um the summer showcase that we had and there was in plymouth last year uh, it was probably supposed to be somewhere in canada this year in august uh, and you have four guys there and then you just watch guys at the start of their seasons and again there's the, the scouts are out watching um they send me tons of video like i watch everything on video of all the guys there's a lot of analytics that kind of go into the decisions of of who's doing why and you're trying to find guys that are trending and playing their best hockey at the right time and um like joel hofer and, and nico dawes were the two goalies that we had in the tournament and those guys weren't even on the radar in june they weren't on the radar in july they weren't on the radar in august neither of them had been through the hockey canada program but what they had done was they got off to such great starts to their season. Um, they were just, they were dominant in their leagues. They were playing at a super high level and they played their ways on their way onto the world junior team. And that was the biggest thing. And it was, it was an interesting process just in the sense of like, nobody knew who our goalies were going to be. Um, there wasn't, it wasn't like years past where, you know, everyone knew Michael DiPietro was going to be the guy. Uh, Carter Hart was going to be the guy for two straight years. Like there was, there wasn't one particular guy where everyone was super comfortable with. So you kind of had to let the, the process play itself out. And, and those guys jumped to the forefront and they, they saw an opportunity and jumped on it. And I mean, obviously it worked out, you know, the, those guys deserve to be where they were and they deserve to get the opportunity that they got because they, they seized the opportunity that they had. Yeah, I found I found this year's goaltending situation like probably the most interesting, like you said, and from past years, just because you know these guys sort of came out of nowhere, but also speaks to the fact that you know just because you're you know highly touted at some point, it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way, and and you know obviously the hard work that those those two guys put in um, got them the opportunity to, to play for their country. So, so now we go into the, into the tournament and we'll, we'll bypass the early stuff and get into, uh, you know, game one and, and the decision to start, uh, to start Nico Dawes. How did that come about? Well, they, you know, b both those guys, well, and I'll throw Rod Regan too, because he, he was the third guy and 
And yeah. Olrod probably through the whole process, well, through the whole process, he had the most international experience. Um, he was probably penciled in to be the, the number one guy. Um, you know, and those other two guys, not that he didn't play well, just those other two guys outplayed him. Um, but to his credit, as the third goalie, like, he was a rock star. He was phenomenal. Like, he was such a great teammate. And the way he handled that situation was was very professional and very mature. Like, he didn't pout. He, he came to work. He came to the rink every day with a smile on his face at the hotel. He was, he was a positive and energetic and did everything he possibly could to make those other two guys comfortable and, and, and feel, you know, and then make the rest of the team, like, be, be good. So, but the, the decision with Dawes, like, he, both him and Hofer, like, their practices were phenomenal. Like, all the way through, there wasn't, like, a day or two days in a row where you're like, like these guys are struggling. Like both those guys were, were, they were pushing each other. They were, it was wide open to see who was going to be the starter for the first game. They both knew it. So every day, again, their process was locked in. Like they, they were dominant in practice and they're facing the best shooters, you know, in the country of their age and they were dominant, you know? And so it was a tough decision to make just in the sense of both of both of them deserved the chance to be that guy. And, you know, the coaching staff just felt that Nico, you know, was, was a little step ahead of Joel at the time and uh, gave him the opportunity. And, you know, we won that first game. And, 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 you know, Nico at that point had only played 50 games in the OHL. So he didn't have a whole lot of experience. And he, he went in there and he played well. He, he gave us a chance to win. He made some big saves in the third period. You know, I, I think if we don't win that game against the U.S., we're probably hard-pressed to, to even – get to the gold medal game because it set us up in the sense of, you know, we have a pretty good opportunity to finish first in our pool by being American. So it worked out really well. And, and, you know, that, it was obviously a tough decision to make, but that was the decision that, you know, it, when you make decisions like that, there's, there's a lot of people involved in that sort of in that process. And, um, you know, that was, again, that was the, the, the decision that the coaching staff wanted to go. Yeah, that was interesting. So you said that the game one win, a six, four win over us, you go, uh, up against the Russians in the next game, and it, and it's a tough one. Um, and uh, and Holfer ends up going in into that game. So now, so now after game two, how hard of a decision was it to at that point then go back, go back to Holfer for the rest of the tournament? Well, you knew at some point, probably you're hoping that Dawes was going to be. You always hope there's one guy that's kind of the guy all the way through. And you know that the other guy's probably going to get one game. And it's usually, you know, the one game they're going to get is, you know, not that the team, all the teams are weak, but you're, you're probably going to play that guy against the weaker team, and that was the Germans. So you probably – we kind of knew that Joel was probably going to play that game no matter what. Um, so – but we didn't know how it was going to sort of play itself out. And it was a tight game. Like, the Germans were a really good team. If you look at the draft right now, they've got three guys ranked in the top. 35 players for the draft like they've they've got a, a real skilled team and and they pushed us and it was I think a 3-1 win and Joel played really really well like he made saves at the right times um gave us a chance to win he wasn't it's not like he was peppered with a lot of shots but there's just moments in games where it's the goalie needs to come up with a big stop and, and he did that for us that day and Right from then, like, he, he, he had some confidence. Like, he was nervous going into that game. Like, he pulled me aside and was like, Barb's like, 
I'm really nervous. I don't know, like, I don't know what to do. You know, and so you kind of walk him through that process. Like, you know, we're at the hotel. I could just tell by looking at him, you kind of wanted me to come over and talk to him. And he, it was good. We had that relationship where he wasn't afraid to, to be vulnerable and, and, and mention that and say that and tell me he was nervous. Because sometimes as goalies, we, you know, we get caught up in, well, we just put it all on ourselves and we feel like we're the only ones out there and it's all on us. And you kind of forget that there's 20 guys around you supporting you. There's coaching staff supporting you. There's, there's people around you who, who are supporting you. And we're, even though technically at times we are on an island by ourselves, you know, it's important for us to remember that we're not sometimes. And because we can stress ourselves out and put a whole lot of pressure on ourselves. So it was good that he did that and, and it calmed them down. Just the conversation that we had. And obviously he, he got that opportunity and took the ball and ran with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he played the rest of the tournament. So we fast forward to, to the gold medal game. I mean, you're down three, one, uh, you know, basically midway through the third period, um, end up scoring two to tie up. And then Nikhil Thomas with the, with the, with the game breaker there with about 358 left. What, what are the, what are the emotions when that, when that is all happening in a, in a span of, you know, in real time, 20, 25 minutes? Uh, it didn't really feel real to be honest. Like, you know, the Russians were probably the best team in the tournament. You know, they had an older team. They were, you know, they were physical and dominant. And, um, you know, it was a good hockey game. It was back and forth. You know, when we got down 3-1, you're kind of like, oh, boy, we're going to be hard-pressed to come back from this. But, you know what, we scored right away. Like, after they scored that third goal, um, they, we scored right away. Um, like, I think 30 seconds later, we scored to make it 3-2 with, like, 11 minutes to go. So now you're back in the game, um, you know, and the guys didn't quit. And, and, and again, to Joel's credit, like he didn't, you know, sometimes even as a goal, you're down, you give up that third goal in a, in a gold medal game. And, you know, maybe in your head you think, okay, hey, well, we're, we might not win this. And, you know, he dug in, he dug in and, and made, again, big saves at the right times. They had a power play towards the end of the game, um, you know, and his, his ability to, to step up in that moment, in that situation. and and trust his abilities and, and sort of be a calming influence for everybody back there. Cause you know, we were on our heels there in the last, you know, two and a half minutes there when they had that power play. And obviously we got lucky when that puck hit the TSN camera <laughs> to not make it a five on three, um, you know, and, and obviously you need things to go your way and you need things to happen uh, like that, that, that do bring out some luck. But um, it was, it was quite the ride. Like the fact that we were able to come back and, and, not only tie it and then obviously just to, just to take the lead and then to hang on at the end was, uh, was pretty special. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I mean, it was certainly a, an entertaining game from, uh, from a viewer standpoint. Uh, so I can imagine the roller coaster emotions that, you know, you as a coach, cause you I mean, you're just as invested as, as any player. Uh, Lanny, do we have any, any closing uh, c- uh, questions here before we wrap things up with Barb's here? Yeah. First, I don't think you flashed the medal yet. Have you Barb's? No. Is it you guys want to, no? to see it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we got. I think that'd be the highlight of the. the so go ahead. So and the, see it there, Mark, takes the camera. So the cool. Can you guys see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. So like for us as goalies, what's the cool thing about this medal? It's got the mask right on there. It's got a goalie right on there. Yeah. That was so. 
it's funny because the whole time I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's meant to be like the the, the World Junior logo was a goalie. Yeah. You know, so like the whole time I'm like, huh. It's <laughs> much time we got that. Uh, yeah. It worked stage, out all right. Center stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Barnes, we got some quick hits here. Um, just scrolling up. So what advice would you give, um, maybe from a, like a former pro and now Western Lock League coach, international coach, for young goalies heading into this upcoming season, just especially with like, it's kind of unprecedented, right? Haven't had a season like this before, a summer like this before. So what advice would you give for these young goalies? Well, it's hard in the sense that we don't know when the seasons are going to start, when we're going to be able to get back onto the ice those sort of things. I, I, I think it's super important for guys, for all the kids now, um, because we, they're not on the ice, uh, to, go be, to go be an athlete, you know, go play with your friends, go, you know, play other sports, go ride your bike, go do things like that now um, before you're able to get back on the ice because that'll help you when you, get, when you get on the ice. That'll help with your strength. That'll help with your balance, uh, your coordination, all those sorts of things jumping on trampolines, like things like that, like the, for kids, I think are, are great. Uh, and it translates to us. It translates to us as goalies because, you know, we have to be athletic. We have to be, we have to be really good athletes. So sometimes we can get caught up in just always focusing on being on the ice and being goalies. But I think it's super important again, just to do athletic things off the ice. And it's a good time now because we're not allowed to be on the ice. So do those sorts of things. Don't just get caught up in, you know, as fun as video games and stuff are, guys, like, don't just play video games all day and sit on your iPads and do all that sort of stuff. Like, get out with your buddies and play street hockey and do those kinds of things that, um, you know, Kevin and I did growing up. Like, that's, that's what, what helped us become good goalies was, was those sorts of things, uh, um, getting outside and doing that sort of stuff. I think it's super important. No, that's awesome. Um, we got a question here. If you've ever worked with Carter Hart specifically. I have not. No, I've never met Carter. Obviously, uh, coming through the Hockey Canada program, he's he's got a pretty good resume uh, through the program, and he's very obviously well, um, highly sought or highly uh, thought of, and um, you know he's he's carving out a pretty good career for himself. So he's certainly a guy that you would love to uh, be around a little bit and kind of pick his brain for sure. Because you know what, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter what we how much we've gone through what we've done you're, you're constantly you can always learn and get better doesn't matter how old you are or who you are you can always learn from other people absolutely uh what about your favorite goalie right now in the nhl and why oh boy uh, um <laughs> I, well it, i mean it's it's easy to say like you know carry price or you know obviously i love price or that but vasilevsky for me I, you know He's a monster, obviously, and, and he's a big athletic guy. And, and just how he plays, how patient he is, there's, he's a guy that I really like. I actually, the transformation of Jacob Markstrom to me has been pretty impressive. I yeah. played against him actually a lot in the minors when he was young, and he was uh, he was full of uh, piss and vinegar, and, and he was all over the place. And he's really kind of calmed his game down. And um, one goalie, though, I, I think I like young guys should really kind of watch. Um, you know, we all get caught up in sizes and I get caught up in size too, but UC Saros is a guy, um, that young kids should probably kind of keep an eye on. And I think he's a, 
I think he's an unreal goalie. You know, he's only 5'11", maybe six feet tall. There's not a lot of guys like that in the league, but he kind of gives hope to those guys who are a little bit smaller who learn to play goalie the right way. Um, you know, sometimes as a big guy, it's easier to play goalie uh, just in the sense that the pucks might hit you sometimes. But watch him. Uh, he, he's an unbelievable skater. He's really patient on his feet. He tracks the puck really well. He's a guy to kind of keep your eye on. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Stuani, I'll turn it back to you there. Yeah, that's that's great, Gar uh, Barb's and and those two guys. Like that's even the you know mentioning Markstrom there. That's a pretty uh, uh, pretty good pick for for a guy that's really sort of revolutionized his career. And and, and you know now he's you're looking at a, a top guy. But um, really appreciate you taking the time to join us here and and uh, being able to talk goaltending is always fun and we can probably do it for hours and and I'm sure there's many more things we we could have discussed yeah. but uh but hopefully we're we're back in the rink and the and the hurricanes and the hitmen are uh uh going in a battle and we can we can say hi again and and be watching some hockey but uh but really appreciate you taking the time out with the kids and and hopefully you and the family are doing well and and we can all get back on the ice soon Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, get outside, kids. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the summer and uh, <laughs> uh, be athletes because it'll help you. Thanks Absolutely. a lot, Barb. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, goalies. Thanks for dropping in. We'll, we'll see you all again next week.